Love's Truck Care and Speedco is the nation's largest preventive maintenance network over the road. With more than 1,500 maintenance bays offering light mechanical services and DOT inspections, Love's and Speedco are invested in getting drivers back on the road quickly and safely. Visit loves.com to learn more about our services. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to our Autonomous and Electric Vehicle Summit here at FreightWaves. We are so excited to bring you this virtual event. This is our second year doing this AVEV Summit, and it's a good one. We've had some big names so far, and we are ready to keep the ball rolling. So my name is Kaylee Nix, and I am here with Olivia Hu from Uber Freight. And Olivia, this is really huge for me because... So far, I've talked to almost every major player in the autonomous freight space, except Uber Freight. I haven't had the exciting opportunity to do that yet. So you're crossing an item off my list, and we are thrilled to have you as part of our AVEV Summit. Thanks, Kaylee. I'm so excited to be here. And it is a tragedy you haven't talked to us yet. As one of the premier leaders in the space, I was hoping we were first, but it's okay. Better late than never. Better late. It's it's like rounding out, saving the best for last almost, I can say. <laughs> well, we'll put it that way. And so let's get things started here, Olivia. We are looking at a space right now where it is so ripe for autonomous technology to enter and really take over. And I think everybody from an analyst standpoint, like us here at FreightWaves, to a AV tech provider like Uber Freight is looking here and just kind of ready and willing to jump on in. I want to get your thoughts on the current snapshot of the industry and how autonomous trucks fit into that. What does the current AV market look like to you? Yeah. Um, so I think a number of variables make this one of the most in- exciting inflection points of AV technology in the industry. So on the first side, I think, is the technology itself. We've seen the industry spend many, many years you know, developing the self-driving technology, um, testing it internally with simulation, with test tracks, um, making sure it's safe enough, um, but also seeing that the technology actually works. You know, we're seeing more and more deployments and pilots start to come to life. So I, I think right now is this prime time for AVs to start commercializing and trucking is the second piece of it. So the trucking factor accelerated by all the industry tailwinds, you know, everything from the driver shortage, the increasing demand for capacity, um, the faster movement of goods that we saw, you know, during the pandemic, the expectation of, you know, your Amazon delivery to be shipped within two days. So we're seeing that demand also further accelerate the adoption of self-driving trucks. So it's a very exciting time, in my opinion. There's the technology that is ripe for starting to pilot and starting to put these on public roads. And then there's also the industry and market tailwinds that's helping accelerate this growth. One of my favorite things when I talk about AVs entering the trucking space is that every company who's trying to do it is doing things a little bit differently. Everybody has a different model. They have a different subset of who they're targeting. And they have a different problem that they're looking to solve, which is great because you have so many collective minds all thinking about the AV space, but in a very different way, which will eventually bring things full circle for us, right? So talking specifically about Uber Freight, who are your guys' ideal customers? What does the autonomous model look like? to those customers as well. Yeah, so we actually 
have customers uh, of all types and sizes. So we have, you know, large major enterprise customers, but we also have small to medium businesses um, and we empower them with technology. So we see all of them actually embracing tech and building towards the future. How do we create a more sustainable and efficient supply chain and oftentimes leveraging technology, which is why they they go to Uber Freight because they understand the efficiency and benefits there. Um, I will say that with regards to autonomous trucking, it's really a shipper agnostic industry. Mm -hmm. Um, All shippers, I believe, should have access to autonomous trucking, and that's what we enable. It doesn't matter what your size is. It's more a matter of what are your needs, because autonomous trucking may fit your need better than a manual carrier. Just like how we have, you know, different options for, you know, taking a train, taking a bus, taking a plane to go from A to B. Similarly, your cargo can move using different modes of transportation. And we see autonomous trucking as kind of that next new mode of transportation with, you know, a number of different benefits. You can move things faster, more efficiently, more sustainably, et cetera. Um, so, so I think of autonomous trucking not as like a one-stop shop for one type of freight, but also a solution for, you know, depending on what our customers' needs are, maybe a better form of moving their shipments. I think when we talk about autonomy, sometimes there's a tendency for shippers or even just general individuals to be a little hesitant towards it because they don't think about it in that frame of mindset of where your autonomous technology is a complement to the ways that you are moving cargo, right? Hopping on a subway system is a complement to your regular commute. You don't necessarily need to have it, but it's really helpful to have, right? When you talk about that, and it's, it's almost kind of symbiosis that we want with the way that existing trucking is done. How long do you think that it will take for us to get to a place where autonomous trucks are deployed, developed enough and operating enough to have that symbiosis with the existing trucking industry? Yeah, that is a great question. Um, and I think I think a couple of things. One is, you know, all the different players have different timelines. Even shippers themselves have different timelines on when they feel ready to start adopting uh, this new mode of transportation. Um, but I will say that one of the most exciting things about Uber Freight is that today we are already starting to run pilots. Mm-hmm. So we run pilots with Aurora and we gain these tremendous learnings about how to run these more efficiently, how to operationalize this, what does the commercial structure look like, what's required for our facilities uh, and the shippers that we work with on their end, and then even just logistically, you know, the handoffs, the appointments, the um, ETAs, et cetera. We are gaining all of this tremendous learning for not just ourselves, but we pass it on to our shippers as well. So our early pilot customers really get a chance to understand what does the future of supply chain look like with AV trucks in the picture. So I think the exciting part is that this is starting today. Um, We're obviously not nearly at its full potential or at the scale we expect it to be in the next few years. Um, But what we do also envision when we do hit that state where there will be, you know, tens of thousands of these trucks on the roads, calling for our customers is that it will be a hybrid network. It won't just be, you know, a one size fits all. This is the only mode of transportation moving forward. It's going to be autonomous trucks alongside human drivers, you know, that's required to do everything from the first and last legs of the hall when you're passing between the facility and the transfer hub um, outside of a city, for example. And so we see a lot of, you know, 
Uber Freight is trying to gain learnings today, but we also want to help accelerate that adoption towards this hybrid model in the future, leveraging the 130,000 carriers on our network. So we know that autonomous trucking has this really huge opportunity to help alleviate supply chain challenges. You touched on that a little bit already. But specifically, when we look at challenges facing the supply chain today, what do you think is that number one headwind that we're looking at steering ahead? And how can autonomous technology help steer us straight into that headwind and make us successful? Yeah, so a couple of areas, you know, that I mentioned earlier on, Um, the different areas. So I think some of the headwinds within the supply chain include, first and foremost, what we hear most from our fleets is drivers. Um, A lot of their job is about recruiting, hiring, training, retaining the drivers. You know, the funnel starts up here. You know, you think you have all these drivers you can tap into. Then they need to get a CDL and then they need to get on the road and start training and actually having the right practice and experience so that they're safe and they know how to handle different situations. They also have to pass a drug screen. So you see the funnel starts to narrow. Um, and, and it's not the the like number of drivers, but it's really like how many actually qualify starts to narrow down. And autonomous can really unlock capacity in that sense. You know, we, we can see how autonomous driving helps alleviate this bottleneck of drivers uh, in the supply chain. So I would say that's the first one. Um, the second one is also just really high insurance costs. Like we heard a lot about how insurance actually led to bankruptcies and fleets shutting down during the pandemic. Um, and autonomous trucks make it safer. You know, they, they react faster than a human. They can see further out. Um, there's less of a distracted driving, of checking your phones. So there's there are fewer accidents as a result and, and fewer, especially due to human error. So we're going to see insurance premiums start to come down, allowing more and more of these fleets to operate uh, without, you know, taking into account the heavy, high costs of insurance premiums. Absolutely. Both of those things, the keeping your driver happy and keeping them safe, keeping the insurance down feeds into this idea of a more sustainable driving environment for the human who is still doing a little bit of the work, right? You have now this environment when you're talking about incorporating autonomous vehicle technology, where you don't necessarily have to force someone to be out on these long haul routes all the time, driving straight mind numbing for 600 miles across Texas, because that's a route where an autonomous truck has a very high likelihood of being successful in its technology deployment. You can really help tailor now these jobs, these driver jobs, specifically to what the future job seeker is looking at and what they're seeing as a priority. And that's what we talk about when we say we want to create more sustainable work environments for these drivers, make them want to do their jobs, make them happier and keep them in the seats longer for what they're doing. Is that a goal, a continuous goal for Uber Freight as well as to make that driving environment more sustainable and keep it attractive to the driver? Yeah, absolutely. And that's actually how we started the business. So when we started building this technology, it was focused on how do we empower truck drivers? How do we empower the owner operators, the small fleets, and all fleets at this point to leverage technology to make their jobs better and easier? You know, we want to lower operational 
costs for them. So for example, we have our power loop program where we offer trailers. Um, we use our technology to give them a 24-7 marketplace to, to browse through thousands of loads at their disposal that's most relevant to them, that's catered to their needs. Um, we also give them tools to manage their fleet, manage their drivers, uh, automate a lot of the back-end work. Um, for example, like documentation, customer support, um, payment processing, et cetera. So that is the whole ethos of the company, I will say, is to empower and help our fleets that are on our network. Um, and I think we've seen that this has really taken off and we've done a great job there. And so I, I think the, the other part about TransPlace and Uber Freight is we provide them with a network, a dense network of loads. And without that, they wouldn't have a business. They wouldn't be able to keep their assets constantly utilized and running. So we are all about increasing the quality of life for our drivers, helping them in any way we can using technology, giving them loads, giving them volume. Um, and more, more than anything with the autonomous trucking model, you know, we can see that a lot of the first and last legs of this transfer hub relay model will really help drive demand for these local Calls. And these local shuttle runs will allow the drivers to go home at night to see their families, you know, to live a much better lifestyle where you can eat fresh food that you cooked at home as opposed to food that you packed to be on the road, you know, for weeks at a time. So we're very excited about this model because of the quality of life it brings to our drivers. But also we are, you know, building the technology to make that happen. And we always have been doing that. So that feeds directly into how this deployment happens when you look at the broad scale, right? We're not going to just automatically flip a switch and all the trucks that are on the road are going to be self-driving right away. There's going to have to be the slow rollout, this hybrid approach of folks in the cab using semi-autonomous, moving to fully autonomous levels two, three autonomy, level four autonomy. What does that look like for you guys? What does hybrid mean when you're talking about how Uber Freight will roll out that different level of autonomy? Yeah, so the hybrid model really means for us an autonomous truck, you know, running um, whatever loads that they can uh, on the middle mile um, autonomously, meaning without a driver. But it also means in a hybrid model that we have human drivers running on the non-autonomous routes. And, you know, the, the world is not going to be just fully autonomous. We're going to see that we need a lot of manual drivers to run those non-autonomous routes. And it'll depend on certain conditions. It'll depend on, for example, is the autonomous truck down for maintenance? Is it down due to, um, you know, regular diagnostics and checkups? Um, is it being repaired, et cetera? Uh, you also see manual drivers being required, you know, for certain weather conditions, like um, if it's raining or snowing, for example, we'll see uh, auton sorry, manual drivers step in as well. Um, the local legs is the big one that we mentioned already. Some of the local leg hauls will also be run by manual drivers. Uh, and similarly, there will be different types of freight, different types of situations where that is still needed. But m even more so, I think the experience of truck drivers is invaluable and they will be needed at the facility, for example. There's mm -hmm. so much still that will be required for a human to do. So for example, a truck driver can walk around the truck, know when it's ready to go and when it's not ready to go, inspect the trailer, inspect the equipment that's required, um, make sure everything is good to go from like the truck side to the trailer side and, and process all that inspection before signing off 
and making sure self-driving truck is ready to go. But we need all of that expertise. Uh, and that's where truck drivers come into the picture, I think. It's more than just the driving, but there are all these aspects outside of driving that still requires a truck driver's knowledge and expertise. Does the hybrid model approach like that lower the barrier to entry when we talk about cost for deploying AV technology at all? And does it also help encourage smaller fleets or smaller carriers who might not have money to go fully autonomous to invest just a little bit on the AV side, knowing that they have that hybrid approach? Yep, exactly. And so we want to accelerate the adoption of autonomous because of all the benefits that come with autonomous trucking, like we mentioned before, unlocking capacity, uh, sustainability, efficiency, etc., and safety. But I think by creating more technology, what we're building, which is the marketplace tech stack, we allow our fleets, small, medium, and large, to exactly what you had described, Kaylee, which is to lower those barriers to entry, to make it easier for them to start buying, to start commercializing, to start operationalizing. When it comes with the technology that connects to our network of $17 billion of freight under management, it really helps you know, accelerate that adoption because it's easier, because it's seamlessly already connected. There's already demand associated with it. So we want to build a technology that will democratize access to AV trucks, and we want to empower fleets of all sizes you know, to do so. And I think we're, we're already doing this today with our tech, um, but there's a lot more tech that we can build and that we are going to start building that's catered towards specifically AV trucks and lowering that barrier of entry. So let's finish this up by talking about that extensive digital network that you mentioned, because that's a lot of loads under management for you guys to have right now. And when I think when we think about Uber, just the brand Uber itself, right? That is automatically synonymous with ah, ride hailing Uber Eats. That's what the consumer is thinking about. The Uber freight side of that, you guys want to be automatically synonymous for this digital freight network, for your options for moving freight through a connected platform that is easy to use, that has those low barriers to entry. And that is the Uber for freight, basically. (laughs) How close do you guys think that you are there to having that true synonymous name? Then I'm also curious, how much does that acquisition of TransPlace that was made last year really feed into the capabilities of building out that digital network? Yeah, um, I think there's great synergies between the two companies to make this a reality. And we are just at the beginning. You know, we we have two of the clear AV tech leaders um, as our partners. We're, we work hand in hand very closely with Waymo and Aurora to build out this ecosystem of advancing AV technology, leveraging our technology, our marketplace stack, and our network, our network of loads, our volume, you know, uh, like you mentioned, $17 billion of freight is a lot, but it's only growing. Um, and I also think that AV tech will grow the market further. You know, it's not just what we see today, but also there's more out there as a result um, when we have a more accessible form of transportation. So I think in many ways, we are already there, uh, I would say, personally. Um, I think we're a leader on multiple fronts. We have the partnerships to unlock, you know, the uh, AV trucking 
for our customers, but also to make it more accessible to our carriers. So mm-hmm. we have a first of its kind industry partnership with Waymo, where Waymo is committed billions of miles to Uber Freight and a deep technical integration. And similarly with Aurora, you know, we have a multi-phase pilot that is already in flux that I talked about, about all the different learnings that we were gaining today and the different areas where we are going to start integrating with each other to make it as seamless for the end user as possible. Um, And then on top of that, we have the volume and the network density, right? With the $17 billion of freight, we also have over 9,000 shippers of all sizes. So we gain learnings by working with different types of shippers, you know, depending on what you move, depending on the size of the shipper, um, what resources they have available, the size of their yard, for example, all of these learnings about what it's like to work with different types of shippers. And last but not least, we talked about this hybrid model of 130,000 carriers. That way, our commitment to our shipper stays the same. Mm -hmm. The same high quality service that we expect to deliver at all times. You know, we can leverage this hybrid model of autonomous and then when autonomous is not available, manual drivers, we can leverage those two and combine it together to create a very powerful network of committing to our shippers, committing the same level of service on time performance that they expect from us. Um, So that hybrid network is really important. And then last but not least, our operational uh, excellence, I think. We start by building out the operations function. And like you mentioned, similar to Uber Rise and Uber Eats, we learn a lot from the day-to-day of what does it take to operationalize this. But then we layer it on top with technology and we create the efficiencies by automating by um, doing something better, faster, without throwing headcount into it, um, and more accurately, you know, with technology, with less human error. Um, So the products that we are building today will give our customers, as well as our carrier partners on our network, essentially a one-stop shop for managing any freight they move with Uber Freight, and then eventually a one-stop shop for managing their AV fleet and the freight they move using their AV fleet. Well, it's absolutely exciting to hear the growth and developments coming out of Uber Freight. And I know that we're all excited to watch it. Olivia, thank you so much for being here and being part of our AVEV Summit. If folks want to watch your guys' journey, maybe learn a little bit more about Uber Freight and what you guys are doing, where can they go to do that? Yes, definitely reach out to our team. Uh, We're very open. Um, Come on our website. We have all kinds of uh, different areas where we can partner together. And most recently, we published an AV white paper that talks about our strategy and how we think about uh, the space. So lots of good industry analysis there as well, but happy to chat some more. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Olivia, and everybody at Uber Freight for participating. Thank you guys for continuing to stick with us through this AVEV Summit. We've got lots more great content coming up. So make sure that you are staying tuned and staying active in that live chat as well. If you've missed any of our sessions from today's event, you can always find them on demand on tv.freightwaves.com following this event and find all of our updates every single day on freightwaves.com. We'll be right back in just a few minutes.